0: hello there you're listening to the watson's daily podcast with me peter watson on friday the 28th of july today i am joined by duncan balkan who is a watson's daily ambassador hi there duncan how are you doing today
1: hi peter i'm very well thank you how
0: are you yeah it's all good thank you it's been a while it's been a while
1: it, ha- it has, yeah. I think I think early June. It's been, it's been a
0: long yeah. time. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, so just, I just got to start off by saying um, to listeners, um, sorry, it's been a bit erratic this week uh, on the podcast front. Um, that's be- basically been ju- due to um, sound issues, um, unfortunately for the for the co uh, co host co podcast. Oh god, can't say it. The co host of the podcast. Um, like it sounded good. Um, when we were recording everything was fine and then on the playback it just was garbled so um, unfortunately it was unusable so actually in particularly the um, podcast that we did yesterday there's something quite important that we discussed in that so um, I'm actually going to do that you know I'll cover that when I talk to um, you know when I do the weekly podcast with Ralph anyway apologies aside <coughs> um, Duncan is is ready and raring to go, which is great. is is a is a is a great sight. I'm it sure it is. A, it's, it's, a... It's, it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, there you a... go. Um. So so anyway, what um what story did you find uh, most interesting in today's Watson's Daily?
1: Yeah, I've, I've picked out a, a story from The Telegraph uh, yeah. about the mass exodus from Canary Wharf. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's about Canary Wharf uh, mm-hmm. and the um, kind of the developing trend of companies, particularly big, big name companies, mm-hmm. um, leaving or wanting to leave um, mm. Canary Wharf. So... Um, the is specifically about um, the ratings agency Moody's, yeah, um, who have announced um, they're probably, probably going to leave the area and um, mm-hmm. cut costs. Cut, 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 cut costs. Of the work. <laughs> I've got your R- audience, you on the end. Go, Just but that'll... my teeth aren't in. Yeah. Cut the costs. Um, yeah. so it's, it's appointed a property broker, uh, and they're looking for new office space. They want yeah. to stay in London, um, but they're wanting to cut the footprint by a third and adapt to new working practices, which is a sentence we've seen from quite a few companies i think mm. over a couple of years since since you know the return from covid as mm-hmm. we've been kind of easing back into whatever normal is um, a lot of companies are looking at, at this idea of new working practices you know more people working at home more hybrid working mm-hmm. um, or hot desking that sort of thing and a lot of companies we've seen kind of trying to reduce their their overall kind of floor space they actually take up and re- mm. reduce their overall footprint so that in itself isn't unusual mm. but a few companies have been doing this recently and talking about moving away from canary wharf as an area which is i think why why this story is interesting to me because mm-hmm. uh, um hsbc who are probably the most high profile tenant at canary wharf uh, are also moving mm. <laughs> uh, in, into the city um you're looking at other big companies there. You got Clifford Chance. You got Credit Suisse, You got some really big companies there. A lot of financial companies, mm. um, predominantly financial companies, but some really big name companies mm. that are also looking at other options in terms of in terms of where they would where they want their offices to be. Mm. Um, which is why I said mass exodus <laughs> earlier. Yeah. A bit, a bit possibly a bit overdramatic of me, but um, it will be a concern for obviously the the people that that are they are at the moment paying rent to mm. um to, to, to lease those buildings um and i think if a few big name companies go yeah it could start a, a bit of a domino effect that's really difficult to stop Mm. um and i said you might end up with some landlords there that has some really high profile tenants that in a year's time might not have any of them mm. um so i think the next thing obviously you need to look at because canary wharf is it, as an area is quite nice um you were talking to me about um obviously what the area is like earlier i'll let you do mm. that in a second again because you would explain it way better than me mm. but i think in terms of the actual office spaces and things i think they might just need a bit of a repurpose or a bit of a a different vision in terms of maybe who the tenants are. Because like mm. so at the moment, lots of big financial companies. Mm. But an area like Canary Wharf, right on the river, big, it, it's a really nice looking area, isn't it? Mm. Would suit maybe a tech company. Mm. But there, at the moment, there aren't any tech companies really in there. Um, and I think it might just be because repurposing some of that office space, making it a bit more friendly for other companies and mm. for these, kind of new, these new methods of working, I guess. Um, so much as this article says it, Moody's aren't 100% leaving, it is mm. another big company that are looking at leaving. Mm. And For me, that would be if I was involved in any way with with the property in Canary Wharf that would be ringing some serious alarm bells I think. Mm. Um so yeah that's that's what I I found interesting about the story. Yeah, what what's your take on this
0: Yeah, I think that um you know there's a lot of panic about everyone abandoning Canary Wharf. Um <laughs> I mean I went um a few weeks ago to visit visit Ralph and his is his abode because he lives Right next to Canary Wharf, um, and um, and and a mate of mine that works in um, that work that works in Morgan Stanley. Uh, quite amazing, actually. As an aside, he's been there for something like sixteen years, which is an incredible amount of time to work at a company like that. But anyway, um, it's impressive. That's, that's that's why it's impressive. But anyway, um, I hadn't been there for a, about a year or so. I've forgotten how long, this, but there just seemed to be more buildings. It looked better. It was more vibrant. Um, And yeah, I, I I was pretty amazed actually. I mean, there were some buildings I'd not seen before um, that that were there. And, you know, there's there's this place that was, you know, I've been to loads of times over the years. The, there's an all bar one, which is, which used to be. So if, as you were coming up off the, you know, the Jubilee line and coming up to, um, to, to ground level, Um, it was pretty sort of diagonally across Um, and been there for, you know, I think been there forever. And, and I mean that, you know, that place had gone, it's various, various, anyway, my point is, is that there's a lot going on there. Uh, Mm. It doesn't feel like it's dead. Um, And, you know, Ralph was saying that, you know, it does not feel like it's dead at all. There's a lot going on on the evenings and the weekends, you know, and I, I used to live in Greenwich and I remember, at that point, um, you know, going to Canary Wharf on the weekend was great because there was not that many people there. But I think now there's a lot more going on. I mean, it's still, obviously it's a lot quieter than it it is on a on a you know on, during the week. But still, you know, it is becoming a destination in itself. So I kind of, you know, I do think that although one door may be closing, let's say that the the financial companies are gravitating more towards the city again Hmm. um you know that should be an opportunity for other types of companies to go in so as you suggested you know tech companies surely would be good now having said that i imagine that tech bros and things um you know do would not like don't want to be in the in the same airspace as nasty horrible um bankers (laughs) um but that's all right, because I mean, the bankers are leaving. So. Yes, yeah, well, exactly, and <laughs> I don't know. I do, I do think it feels to me, and it might be biased because you know I I've worked most of my career in the city, and I really liked it there. Um, I just wonder. I I kind of feel that Canary Wharf feels a bit sort of plasticky. I don't know. What, I it <clears> seems a bit strange, but um, but I think that that will be improved if there is a bigger diversity of the sorts of companies and the sorts of people that work there. There's so much stuff there. There are so many places to go and eat. There's loads of bars. There's loads, there's loads of stuff going on. So surely it should be good. Now, the other thing that potentially I would have thought has to change is the ridiculously long lease. You know, Mm. Um, do you really want to be signing on for 10 years, 20 years? you know surely especially with the speed the speed that things happen these days you you want to go for a much shorter tenancy and then mm-hmm. that way you can you can get the the most effective rents maybe yeah um,
1: I think through a recent history as well um yeah if, if you were one of those companies that was unfortunate enough to have signed up for a 10 or 20 year lease mm. months before covid happened mm. uh that would have potentially destroyed your business. Mm. And I think a lot of companies would now be very, very hesitant to sign up for any sort of, that sort of Mm. length lease. Mm. Um, Unless it's a company that is truly recession proof and, like everything else proof really um which i don't think anyone really classifies into into that category once you've got mm. a pandemic as, as now will be something that will be in those car thought processes yeah um, but I, th- I think you're right i think kind of particularly with the more 24 seven i hate that phrase but you know i mean 24 days seven days a week um nature the canary Wolf, like, seems to offer compared to like i said in the city where it's very much monday to friday mm. you, you'd think that some of these companies like tech companies that operate the similar sort of thing, they, they definitely work through the weekends, mm. um, w- would be more suited. Mm. And, like, and it, it wouldn't take too much tweaking to, to make it that sort that sort of place. I think they'd really like being based. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, I think short, shorter lease lengths might need to happen. Mm. And I think, that, But that could work to both sides benefits mm. um as, as a landlord you would possibly then be able to obviously re renegotiate more often and, and yeah. bump the price up more often So yeah. i can see how that could potentially benefit both sides as well mm. it, it might just need a change of thinking from from all sides to get mm. the, the kind of the space occupied
0: mm. no i agree um and
1: you know i th- I think that we'll uh
0: I, I don't think this is a disaster it just might be a you know the beginning of a bit of a Bit of a change and and you know uh, perhaps a more diversified um, area, you know, it's not just finance or not predominantly finance, but you know other others uh, you know lots of other businesses as well. Yeah. So so yeah, so I think that that'll be that'll be good. I don't think that at the moment I'm thinking I wouldn't be too worried about mass exodus. I mean, obviously, if I was Canary Wharf, uh, you know, Canary Wharf Group. Obviously, be thinking right. How can we stop this? What can we do? Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah. I. I think it's well enough established that it won't become a complete ghost town. Maybe if this had happened, you know, ten years ago, um, maybe normally ten, fifteen, or I don't know. You know, if it had happened then maybe you'd have people moving out and then like saying, oh no, as we always thought, this was a new, this newfangled place wasn't up to it. We're going back to the city. So it's, you, you know, I think it's well, it's a lot better established now. There's a lot more there. There's a lot more, you know, there's more residential stuff. There's more leisure stuff. I mean, it's all there, you know, so, yeah, so absolutely. yeah. Um, so there we go. Um. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I will, um, talk about the uh another story uh, that was in today um and this was from the guardian and it was all about um the eu is now looking at um teams uh, so microsoft teams and seeing whether it's um was uh you know is, is this a an anti-competitive issue so mm. the thing is as everyone knows You've got you know microsoft 365 office 365 whatever um and you get teams included with it now um the it's so slack technologies which uh was bought i think it was by salesforce i think um it was it complained back into in 2020 that this is unfair um that they should do this because slack and others are doing their own you know they well, say one trick pony. The you know they were doing communications. Um, Zoom is all about. Um, you know, Zoom is another one which is all about um, conference calls and you know, you know, video calls and stuff like that. Um, so, I think that, that I think that um, this is long overdue. I mean, Slack complained like you know, like it's coming yeah, out three years ago, right? So yeah. it's three years ago. It's a long time. This makes. I think perfect sense. It is incredible that it has taken this long um, for for it to be discussed, because it is surely antitrust. Because you know they're not charging anything for it, whereas um, whereas the others are. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think that um, they need this logically, surely needs to be separated out. Um, mm now the thing is is whether anything else needs separating out i don't know um but certainly certainly um teams sh- is a prime target for that yeah um now the thing is if it did win you think well how would that work because it could come, microsoft could say okay we're going to take our medicine we'll separate it out we're very sorry and then charge 299 Per month for anyone that's already on Office 365 or Microsoft 365, and then suddenly pick up loads of people, yeah,
1: and and, and make more money out of it as well, yeah. So, but you have the exact same scenario that way around, wouldn't you? Everyone, everyone that uses it would still be using it, I guess, yeah, um, out of convenience if nothing else. And yeah. Microsoft are making more money, yeah. So it doesn't really sound like a win, does it? For the... <laughs> no, it does not
0: sound like a win, and and so, so yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? So they could they might lose if they lose then it just continues as as it is at the moment if they if if um if the eu wins that's okay but it depends on whether they then say you must charge at least this or you have got to charge around the same level as your competitors or something like that unless it says something like that that's what i would do if i was at microsoft okay okay like i say fine fair enough i'll charge 2.99 a month then Mm. Uh, and see see how like that um yeah. so so yes i mean do you think i'm being unfair
1: no i don't i don't at all and i think we both had the kind of the same response to this which is oh my word it's about time mm. um, when, when we when the story kind of, when the story broke because i mm. say what they're doing because <clears throat> obviously we we all we use um as people a very variety of different things that do essentially the same job as teams mm-hmm. but in different packages like so zoom which is i think a better video communications software than the bit you get with teams yeah um slack obviously one of the people that com- um, com- complained really good for kind of team management and things like that mm-hmm. but what i think teams has is it's all in that one package it links in with all the microsoft Document sharing, as well as all your different programs and yeah. everything, and because it's all lumped in together, a lot of people I think use it out of convenience, even though uh, um, I personally don't think it's the best at what it does. Mm. Um, it very much feels like it's jack of all, master of none with that one. Yeah, and I think a lot, like I said, this is why it just has to be looked at because <clears> that you a lot of people using it out of convenience. It's not massively fair on the competition, who arguably make similar products better. Yeah. But like like you said, I, I don't I don't see any way of the situation improving unless like I said the EU win or win or the inquiry finds you know if this is anti-competitive mm. and they're able to put in like you said something that says now you must charge a minimum of mm. because like I said otherwise they'll just go, What's everyone else charging? Yeah, Ten or a month per user, we'll charge two quid a month per user. Mm. And then Microsoft end up making hundreds of thousands, millions <laughs> probably of mm. pounds more for the exact same setup mm. which like, like i said it would not would be even uh, even less fair arguing. yeah yeah so it's whether they can prove that that like you said that tie-in the tie-in mm. between teams and the productivity suite that microsoft already make is illegal because it's anti-competitive yeah and then how they can stop them like you said from just undercutting everyone else price-wise anyway mm. um, but i don't think i don't think you're being unfair or over the top of this at all i think yeah it definitely needs to be to be looked at and they need to work out a way of actually making this fair because there are people that produce programs that do what teams does Mm. uh, arguably better Mm. that Mm. aren't getting a look in because of the way these are bundled together.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, so we'll have to see whether the EU can do anything about this. Mm. Um, and I don't think this is going to be a Europe versus us thing because of course, Slack is American, Zoom is American. Um, so this yeah. may get a better hearing potentially. Well, mm. this might be more supported in America where it really needs to be supported. So yes. um, but anyway, okay, well, um that's great. I mean, I think we will we can wrap it up there, but um thank you very much for your insight uh, again um th- this welcome. week. So thank I you. Started. No problem. <laughs> um and uh, you know, wish wish me luck tonight. I'm going to see Oppenheimer, so um, oh, enjoy it. <laughs> I'm trying to get the positive vibes, you know. So I'm I'm really sort of feeling positive going in. Um, so and then, and then uh, and then hopefully, um, I won't be I won't be too saddened by the end. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, but but you, I, you're watching
1: Barbie tomorrow, right?
0: Uh, Sunday. I think, uh, you actually are! <laughs> I, think I, am. <laughs> I think I am. I think I am. I think I am. So anyway, anyway, on that uh, on that note, uh, I'll leave you there. Thank you very much for listeners for listening. Uh, once again, sorry about what's been going on this week, or not rather from from the listener point of view. I've got two very good, or what were very good, podcasts sitting sitting and doing nothing um just because the you know the sound on the other side is not good so i'm sorry about that but anyway um thank you very much indeed have a great day have a great weekend um and speak to you again soon many thanks bye